Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast, where we revisit the message from this week's church service. I'm Chris DeCue, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for our whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear Dr. Ray Penn's message from Sunday, June 27th. Methodism is dying. Long live holiness. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comes to give us grace and peace and truth. My name is Dr. Ray Penn, and I am substituting for our pastor today. And I greet you again in Christ's name. Our scripture reading comes from Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, the first eight verses. The Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered round him, and they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with unclean hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews keep the tradition of the elders and never eat without washing their arms as far as the elbow. And on returning from the marketplace, they never eat without first sprinkling themselves. There are also many other observances which have been handed down to them to keep, concerning the washing of cups and pots and bronze dishes. So the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not respect the traditions of the elders, but eat their food with unclean hands? He answered, How rightly Isaiah prophesied about you hypocrites in the passage of Scripture, This people honors me only with lip service, while their hearts are far from me. Their reverence of me is worthless. The lessons they teach are nothing but human commandments. You must put aside You put aside the commandments of God to observe human traditions. May God add God's blessing to the reading and the hearing of God's word. For four years, I was pastor of Harrogate United Methodist Church, and While pastor there, I received the strangest phone call I've ever received. I picked up the phone, and the voice on the other line said, uh, Is this Mr. Methodist? My response was, Well, I've been called worse. And then the voice said, Now, Haragat as if that was my first name. Well, in many ways, that voice was right. Uh, Incidentally, it went on to try to sell me something. Evidently, the ID had popped up and the person had no idea what Methodist was. But actually, the question is pretty good. Are you Mr. Methodist? And I think if anyone would be referred to as that, 
I sort of fit that. Baptized in a Methodist church, confirmed in a Methodist church, received my call to the ministry in a Methodist camp, went to a Methodist college, went to a Methodist seminary. I even took courses at Christ Church, Oxford University, where, yep, John Wesley graduated from. So, Methodism is in my blood. And the current situation with our denomination pains me a great deal. But one needs to understand what the scripture said. There are traditions that have no longer any use. They have at one point in time been useful, but now's the time to lay them aside. That pains me, and there are many voices that will disagree with what I'm about to say. But someone needs to speak about the elephant in the room. Methodism is at least in the ICU unit, if not totally dying. And there are some very good reasons why. The beginning is that we have a genetic problem. We are the product of John Wesley's disorder, and that has shaped our order. John Wesley was a card-carrying obsessive-compulsive. He made journal entries every day, multiple times, to the point where it becomes very obvious that he was an obsessive-compulsive. Note that the early Holy Club received the name Methodist, which Wesley preserved. Think about it. In our title, there is no mention of God or Christ. Now, I want to point out that this is not just unique to us. If you go down a list of all of the Christian denominations in this country, you would be surprised to find how few of them actually include the word God and Christ. He was an authoritarian personality. His mother took as her task to end and break the spirit of every child. And so the dynamics of that created this need for order. And the problem we've inherited is one size fits all. It should be the same structure for a church of 4,000 as for 40. 
I don't know about you, but I have never found that one size fits all. We've inherited that, and it has cut off our creativity. Structure should meet what the situation is, not the situation crammed into a structure. We have that genetic problem. We have loss of eyesight. Jesus said, well, when the eye is sound, so is the body. No organization can be all things to all people. The most important thing is to figure out what the most important thing is. And so, one has a choice between being the reforming group for the world or the place where the human heart is reformed. You can't do both. And what we inherited was the virus of the social gospel movement. The idea is that there are social problems and the church ought to get involved in them. Well, the problem with that is that it can drain so much energy. It can produce proclamations of what Methodists believe that are contrary to what people in the pew believe. We have opened the door to the world. One of the central issues and problems in America is that we want to do all things at the same time, focusing on just a single thing is difficult for us. And when you add to that our inclination in this country to aim at efficiency but lose effectiveness, there is nothing so inefficient as working one-on-one -on -one with another human being. And yet this is the glory and the essence of what John Wesley did. It was not theological, but it was creating class meetings, limited to 12, where the question every week was, how is it with your soul? Long before there was an AA, Methodism was doing it. And it's this small group with a key spiritual question that created a movement that many believe saved England from class warfare. In 1948, our general conference no longer made membership in the class meeting a requirement. And from that point on, there was a sort of 
spiritual apathy that has grown up. There are a kind of trying to keep Christianity from intruding into our personal lives. We draw a boundary, we'll let God come that close. But for heaven's sake, don't get personal. Don't ask questions that make me uncomfortable. This kind of apathy, spiritual fear, has led to, well, I increasingly think that Christianity is like Nebraska. Nebraska, if you've ever driven through it, is not what you call your most exciting state. It has now gotten the motto, Nebraska, not for everyone. We tend to think that if we get the largest number, that we have actually succeeded. But many people walked away from Jesus. It asks you and me to be totally honest about our inner dynamics and, in the words of that great theologian, Barney Fife, nip it in the bud. That is, to deal with violence by dealing with anger, dealing with sexual problems by dealing with lust. It's the inner state of affairs that is more important than anything else. When you see all of the institutions that focused on character building falling away, focusing on other things, it is no wonder our state of affairs in this world and in this country. I come not to tell anyone what to do with the situation of our national denomination. There are options, and I'm not sure that, that uh, any one of them is drawing me to commit. Sometimes to change a little bit of, of uh, yogiism, when you come to a fork in the road, he said, pick it up. I say, just stop and wait a minute. Maybe it means you're closer to the picnic, and maybe it doesn't. But what we do need to do as a church is to ask ourselves, are we giving opportunities for people to open their souls to the redemptive work of Christ. Jesus said, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
Well, now that seems impossible. But the word here, teleos, does not mean flawless. It means to reach the full potential of your talents, to blossom into full wholeness, to have a harmonized life, to be in the flow. And such a person is so well put together, they have the magnetic attractiveness of a well-lived life. Sin unbalances us. And whenever we are unbalanced, it is sinful. Even though it might not be sinful for others, it is indeed sinful for us. But this drive for holiness to be harmonized, to have something at the center that holds together. Regardless of what happens to all denominations, this need for holiness, this need for meaning in a person's life will continue. It will require us to be flexible enough to lay aside traditions that have gotten in the way of that. This need is that will be the same tomorrow and the day after. God is calling all Christians to actively, intrusively, lovingly help others to have a well-balanced soul. And that means that we need to take care of our souls. As someone once said, you can no longer, no more give what you don't have than you can come back from a place you've never been. A number of years ago, there was a church historian, William Warren Sweet. And he overheard some of his students criticizing the Pentecostals for being too emotional. And he entered the room and said to them, remember students, the Christian church has always died from on top and been reborn from its roots. Whatever is happening above us, let us be part of the roots where new life, a greater focus on reconstructing the soul of people. Let us be part of the roots, regardless of what else is happening to the leaves. Let us go forth into a new week filled not with fear, but with faith for the God who loves us, the Christ who redeems us, and the Holy Spirit who guides us is with us now and forever. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, 
or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.